The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. Way back, let's see here, June 28th, 2006, this was the podcast of the time. Uh, the original title was Insider Secrets to Recruitment Blogging, and this is the original description. Gretchen Ledgard and Zoe Goldring, catalysts of the recruitment blogging phenomenon, discussed their blogging tenure with Microsoft and their entrepreneurial venture, Job Syntax. I highly recommend their services. <laughs> and uh, in addition to that original description, there were... Let's see here. Uh, yeah, short bio of each one. I want to read the full bio. Ah, I'll read some of it. Okay, so this is this is um, <clears throat> excuse me. This is Gretchen's bio from back in the day. Gretchen Ledgard uh, learned the ins and outs of technical recruiting and employment marketing at the Microsoft Corporation. During her six years with Microsoft, she sourced, evaluated, and closed computer engineers for the company, international college, and industry recruiting teams, and she managed the marketing programs that attracted the software industry best technical talent to the company. An advocate of leveraging online communities to better reach the company's technical applicants, Gretchen co-founded and managed a popular weblog that was named Recruiting.com's best blog for job seekers in 2005. Gretchen holds a BA in English Literature from Vanderbilt University. <laughs> Look at my friend. Uh, this is, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now this is the, the bio for uh, Zoe Goldring, the other moon gal. Uh, Zoe Goldring began her professional recruiting career at the Microsoft Corporation in 1999. Uh, not to be confused with Prince's 1999. <laughs> she cut her teeth on recruiting candidates from various international locations prior to moving on to sourcing, evaluating, and closing top quality employees for almost every technical position and division within the company. With her passion for reaching out to technical candidates, she co-founded a highly praised weblog pioneering innovative ways to connect job seekers to employers and has a BA in anthropology from Case Western Reserve University. Wow, uh, time has flown by as I look at this. Uh, you'll, you'll pick up on what I mean when you listen to uh, this podcast again from June 28, 2006. Big shout out to Gretchen and uh, shout out also to Zoe. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, stay tuned to hear what was said way back then after this special message. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We, we out. out. Recruitment marketing, as compared to maybe employer branding, is all about getting your message and your story in front of the right audience. It's a lot to manage. And what Practic Talent does for our clients is we help centralize. So you have one partner, one vendor to help you manage all those relationships. And not only that, we help you track the effectiveness of every media dollar you spend on hiring so that you know in real time that you're getting the greatest ROI for your marketing investment to attract great talent into your company. We help our clients with recruitment marketing in a couple ways. 
One is in recruit marketing strategy. And with that, we really take the time to help you build the right strategy. And then we get mutual approval on that strategy before you spend a single dime. The other way we do this is through our agency of record service. This is a partnership with you where we're able to reach out to publishers on your behalf to negotiate better pricing, to execute on media campaigns, uh, and really act as an extension of your team. Some of the benefits that our clients have seen working with Practic Talents Recruitment Marketing Services is an overall reduction of 30% cost per applicant. That's really significant. It's showing that we're able to leverage great technology, programmatic, and we're also flexible and scalable. We're platform agnostic. We're always gonna use whatever the greatest and latest technology is, whatever the best platforms are to help create efficiencies in your media purchasing so that you're always on the cutting edge. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry, and it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. You're in the Recruiter's Lounge today with uh, the original Moon Gals, Gretchen Leggard and Zoe Goldring. How are you? Good. Doing well. Uh, My first question is, how did the term Moon Gals come about? I know that's sort of like your your nicknames from the blogs and so forth, but how did it come about? There was actually... There were these Quiznos ads a couple years ago, two or three years ago, where um, the, these little creatures sang the song about how we like the moon. And um, some, some guy in England actually does the, the videos. And we went to his website, and the videos just, just cracked us up. And that's how it became. We, were just, we, we posted a lot of pictures and a lot of those videos, and we just became the moon gals through that because we like the moon, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, a lot of people know uh, know you from, uh, of course, the Microsoft Technical Careers blog. And let me just sort of put out there that you guys are the, the first ladies of uh, recruitment blogging. I know there are others Aww. who may try to take credit for that, but let the record <laughs> state <laughs> that you guys are the ones that really started the whole recruitment blog phenomenon. Okay, tell me about the, the history of um, recruiting blogs. Uh, w- as far as uh, your involvement at Microsoft, how did it come about? Was it a calculated move? Did you study the trends and just say, this is the thing we should do, or how, how did it come about? So it definitely was not a calculated move. Um, I think we were just trying to come up with some new ways to reach out to our target audience of software engineers, and um, it was an idea that we had been batting around, and, you know, Gretchen came into my office one day and pitched it, and I said, let's do it. Um, And we just did it. We didn't really ask for permission to do it. Um, We didn't get approval, um, and, and it just started out from there. And I I totally agree. And what it turned into is something that we didn't expect. The main reason we started it was that we were on Microsoft Central Sourcing Team, and we wanted a way for candidates to really find us. So when a developer thought, hey, I'm interested in applying to Microsoft, instead of applying into the career site and potentially going into the black hole, they would find us, and we could connect with them and build this community. But it, it turned into much more than a sourcing tool, and in fact, it was it was more like a marketing tool and a branding tool, uh, and it didn't it stopped being a way to source candidates and more of a, a way to 
inform candidates and really sell positions at Microsoft or help candidates through their resume application and interview processes. And I think we saw some reciprocal value there, too. Um, mm. One, we're pushing information out about Microsoft, but also we're pushing information out um, to help people do a better job of self-selection mm -hmm. in two positions at Microsoft so that, you know, it was kind of this self-preservation so that we weren't getting thousands and thousands of applicants that weren't necessarily qualified, that we were providing them with some education on um, what people were looking for in certain positions and certain groups, you know, what their resumes should include or shouldn't include. Um, it was just, you know, this general information that not only helped them but also helped us do our jobs better. From the time we also we got say that yeah. – oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say that – it, we often talk about Jobs Blog and its goals were not just attracting people, but if we could convince one unqualified person not to apply to Microsoft, that was fine as well. So it was definitely giving them the information to help them self-select in or self-select out. From the time you guys initiated the blog, um, how long did it take before it became a, a success? Was it like literally overnight, or did it take a few months? or How long did it take to really catch on? A lot of it was overnight. Uh, we got picked up the very first day by Robert Scoble, who actually criticized it because our very first post was just horrible, 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 horrible. What and did he it say? Was, you know, what? What did he say? Well, he basically said, well, so our post was something of, you know, why would two recruiters blog, you ask? So we will tell you why. It was really stupid. And, and that was basically what he said, just that it was, it was way too impersonal. It was very PR-ish. I think that's the word he used. Mm. And and, and he, you know, gave a lot of tips of how he hoped to see us evolve. And that weekend, we blogged a couple times. We started on a Friday, and then blogged a couple times over the weekend. And I think by Monday, we'd actually found our voice. We we got into it, and I actually did a a follow up blog entry as soon as Robert wrote his. So my second entry was something about, wow, Robert's totally right. That first entry really sucked, and and here's how we're going to change and get a little bit better. And it caught on really fast. I remember we went to Microsoft has this group of uh, MVPs, which are, are customers of the company who are big advocates of Microsoft products. So they're out and online uh, talking about Microsoft products and helping other customers. And they have an MVP summit every uh, year and a half or so. And the MVP summit was, gosh, I think it was just a couple weeks after we started our blog. And we went to the summit and we we literally had a little entourage following us around. People were taking our pictures, and that was only the first couple of weeks, and people already knew who we were. So it really caught wow. on quickly. Yeah. Wow. And it, it soon became one of the more popular blogs on the whole MSDN uh, blog network, um, which was kind of I, – I don't think we ever anticipated it being anything like that. We were just hoping that it might, you know, go a little way in helping candidates <laughs> and helping us. <laughs> And it's gone a long way. Do you think part of the popularity just because of the Microsoft name or just, just, the, just the right people saw it at the right time or it was at the tipping point when you did it? Or Yeah, I definitely think it was the Microsoft name. I also think it was uh, it was recruiters blogging, which two developers. So at the time that was a little bit different. They mm -hmm. No one out there was reading the recruiting blogs in terms of the developer community. And so it was something different. And Honestly, I think that one thing that helped is that we were two girls. We were, we were, females and we were out there vlogging, and, and I, I do think that helped a little bit. I do. Okay. So obviously you guys have been in the blogging game for, for quite a while. Uh, I've noticed that new companies now are starting to get into the recruitment blogging space, um, but from my perception, they're not really getting it. 
Um, what are some do's and don'ts a company can do to uh, make their blog uh, more bloggable, for lack of a better word? Mm-hmm. I think one of the places where people really fall down is that they have their blog being managed by PR or marketing or, you know, some, some kind of facility like that. And in essence, it's okay if you're looking for someone to help you just manage it, but mm-hmm. for someone to dictate the type of content that you should be writing on that, that site or um, dictate your voice or dictate, you know, what they want to see, I think that's a big mistake because blogs are really about transparency um, and kind of, the foibles that people make and also the successes that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want to know and um, want to hear those things. They don't want to hear, you know, kind of the marketing speak, almost along the lines of what our first post was on Jobs Blog. You know, that's the type of thing people don't want to hear and don't want to see, and that's how you're going to end up kind of alienating or not even, re- you know, receiving any type of interest in your blog. Um, so I think that the biggest, you know, do is making sure that, that you're, blog is really a personal voice, you know, me, that you identify someone at the company who, who's able to kind of carry out that voice for you. Sure. Let me play the devil's advocate on that. Now, say I'm uh, with Company X, and I want to do a blog, but I am terrified as to what people will say about it. I'm terrified about the losing control. I don't want to be too transparent and look bad in front of my stockholders and so forth. Uh, maybe I shouldn't blog. What, what are the advantages and disadvantages of doing this thing? And well, should I be too rule, concerned about losing control? Right. Yeah, my rule of thumb was always uh, if you if I wouldn't say it's Starbucks, then I wouldn't write in my blog. So if I didn't, you know, if I met a random candidate at Starbucks and they said, I'd really like to work at Microsoft, what can you tell me? Um, that was sort of my rule of if I would say it to them there, I would put it in writing. I mean, I, I think that I got a little bit out of that. Like sometimes there were times when I forgot my own rule. And, I, and the other rule that I often hear is if you don't want to see it in the Wall Street Journal, don't write it on your blog. That's probably a little – the line is probably between those two things in terms of saying it to someone that you meet who doesn't have a recorder and saying it to someone who will put it into a national newspaper. But um, I, I, think, I think it is a fine line between saying too much and saying too little. But I think that especially when it comes to the recruiting profession, there's a lot of things that aren't uh, taboo or aren't confidential, like resume tips or interview tips or you know, what it's like to work at a company that – you never go to a corporate career site and you see. No one ever – I mean, there's always that section on resume tips, but it's three little bullet points that you can find anywhere. But no one actually tells you, hey, this will really help you get a job at this company. And it's not confidential, and it's okay to write. So I think it's just kind of putting on that professional hat and making sure that you're saying the right things about your company, but that you are giving more information than they can find on, on just you know a sterile marketing written career site. Hmm. What do you think are some of your guys, some of your uh, greatest successes and some of your greater failures with your blog over the years, with the Microsoft blog, rather? Yeah. Wow. That's a tough question. Zoe? <laughs> one, of those, well, one of those probing questions I ask here. Yeah. I mean, in terms of in, – in terms of successes, I think the biggest thing for us is that we always remain true to um, kind of w- what the point was behind the blog. And we didn't really stray too far from that. We always made sure to tie it back, whatever we were talking about, whether it was some trip that we were taking um, personally, whether it was something that we heard in the hallway, it always tied back to recruiting at Microsoft. And and I think that's what really made for a a strong um, experience on Jobs Blog is that it it was always consistent. Um, in terms of failures, you know, the, the, the things is like the types of failures that you have are, are sometimes a little bit more personal. 
sometimes you'll say something or um, that that you just get attacked for, you know. And and it's funny because it could it could seem like the most innocuous minor thing in your mind, right. and and the post that you think is the most innocuous is the one where, you know, everyone's attacking the way that you spell the word or that, you, you know, there was a comma wrong there and that sort of thing. And for me, those like those kind of felt like failures because I was like, gosh, people, I feel like people are personally kind of attacking me. And what you have to realize is that, you know, there is that transparency, but because there's also that anonymity involved with, with the Internet, people feel more open to criticizing because they don't know your face and they don't know you on a day-to-day level. So those are some of the things that were kind of ouch moments for us. Um, and then the other thing is, you, not in terms of failure or success, but you also have to really think about how does your blog evolve over time? Um, you know, what are the, you know, things that you are trying to accomplish? Because in the short term, you have one goal, and in the long term, you know, you still want to remain relevant. So how do you kind of strike that balance? Yeah, and I think uh, we, we, you know, we started together, and then after we had been blocking for about nine months, Zoe left Microsoft, and there was a period there um, for about, gosh, probably six or seven months where I had the blog all by myself. And that was – it was very overwhelming for me because we, we did – we wrote. I mean, we wrote on the blog, obviously, but and that wasn't the big time commitment. The big time commitment was all the email that we got from it because we were we had our email addresses up there, and we'd sort of had this exchange between the two of us where uh, we both wrote posts on the site. I usually responded to the comments on the site, and Zoe usually responded to the email, and it balanced out, and it wasn't a big time commitment. And then when Zoe left, it, it did become a very large time commitment for me. And then it took a few months. And um, over the summer, I recruited you, Jim, and, uh, and Jenna Adorno to join the staff. And then, you know, now that we're, we're gone, there's actually, I think there's, you know, a total of eight bloggers or something on Jobs Blog now. And that was probably, uh, looking back, I was, I was very overwhelmed, but I, I do wish that I had been a little bit quicker about getting more voices on there, uh, just because it was a lot of work for me. And I didn't, I didn't ever want it to become the Gretchen show, and it did. And so even now I hear people refer to it as Gretchen's blog, when it never was meant to be that. It was meant to be Microsoft's job blog. And, uh, you know, kind of keeping that community atmosphere, because people really miss Zoe. I mean, they miss her a lot. And, and, and I mean, obviously we all miss Zoe, but <laughs> I think part of it, too, was just missing those multiple voices and, and multiple perspectives. And so that was a big lesson for me is that it, it really is a, a community tool, both with the community of recruiters and the community of candidates. So I guess in a sense you're doing the work of eight bloggers since there are not about eight bloggers on there now. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it was a big chunk of my job for sure. Oh, wow. Well, I know um, that blogging all started uh, for both of you at Microsoft, but since then you've getting, gotten uh, bitten by the entrepreneurial blog, uh, excuse me, bug, <laughs> <laughs> and you started your own venture. Tell me about Job Syntax. So, so Job Syntax is a company that focuses on the candidate lives of software engineers primarily. Um, and there are really two parts of our company. The first part of our company focuses on the job seeker in the technical space and helping them build a personal brand. And that personal brand is developed through um, resumes, cover letters, interview coaching, job search coaching, and anything else that a, a person might need to help them on their way to finding that perfect career for themselves. Um, the second part of our company is really focused on the opposite side of that, and we work with companies of all sizes and help them develop a brand, a recruitment brand, 
that is appealing to, you know, potential people that are trying to attract. Um, so we do a lot of different things. We have customized services for, you know, both job seekers and employers. Um, and, and we try to kind of walk down the middle in helping them kind of, there's that space between in terms of, you know, where the point where job seekers go and the point to where employers go. And, and that's the space where we're trying to develop that community um, and new ways to reach out to, to individuals. And we were we were looking at the marketplace, and we, we were thinking just you know engineers speak their own language. Software engineers are just their their own little beast, and it's hard for a lot of times recruiters to step in the middle of that. And in, I mean, there's definitely great technical recruiters out there who who can, but it, it, a lot of times it's just more efficient sort of to go directly to the source. And so that was a big philosophy behind the company too, in terms of teaching the job seekers how to communicate directly to these employers and understanding how to navigate these systems and get to talk to who they want to talk to. And on the flip side, working with the employers, so really really the hiring managers and the technical interviewers, to teach them how to incorporate recruiting into the everyday part of their lives. So when they're out on these forums or they're out at a conference or they're just sitting at their desk coding, they're, they're keeping recruiting in their head and, and they're looking out for opportunities that helps them enhance their company's recruiting efforts, um, you know, whether or not they have a recruiting department or not. You know, they, become, they can become their own recruiters or they can just really help their recruiter out by making sure that they're looking out toward, uh, for the short-term and long-term recruiting goals of the company. Very good. Um, if a company or an individual uh, job seeker is looking for some assistance from Job Syntax, how can they um, get in contact with you guys? Well, we have um, on our website, which is jobsyntax.com, we have pages for job seekers and a page for employers, and they can submit a form to us that comes directly to us, or they can email us at jobgals at jobsyntax.com. We are the job gals now, not the moon gals anymore, so <laughs> it's our new name. <laughs> well, that concludes our time here in Recruiter's Lounge. Uh, Heather Legard, Zoe Goldring, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, it was great. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.